0: Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast, a place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout, and we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday, you can always Find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day. Make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. A new day. You can make it better than yesterday. There's a way you can turn it around Trust me There's a way out There's more time Just don't give up When the sun rises on a new day You got another chance Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. A new day, a new day. If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marcia's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? How are y'all doing? Hey, peace, 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 peace. What's good?
1: So we have a special guest this week. Come and tell the people who you are.
0: <laughs>
1: Publicly, I go
2: by Bree Star. I am a published psychologist, specializes in gender and sexuality. I'm also a content creator, honey. I still, to this day, couldn't tell you how or why I blew up on TikTok, but I'm taking advantage of it.
1: And here we are. I know how you blew up on TikTok. One of the reasons why I brought you i i thought of you to come on as a guest is because you're brilliant you have the mind you have the gift of gab and not only that you are funny as hell so your content is gonna give a key it's gonna give you some education it's gonna give you so much of what you need with some nuance with 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 some history it's just what it is so i totally understand why you blew up as a content creator that's what we need that's what people love i don't understand why okay. you don't understand <laughs>
2: <laughs> I appreciate it, but I just see so much magic and so many Black trans people that it, it still blows my mind sometimes that lightning struck my bottle.
1: Mm, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And there is room for all of us. Yeah, welcome to the show.
2: I'm honored, honey. I'm honored that you even thought about me, and I feel yeah. blessed to be here. Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. So out in these streets, there is a lot going on. Child, did y'all see the Montgomery brawl, baby? Yes, <laughs>
3: sir. listen. The river boats. Did I see the white people attack an old black man who's a grandparent just trying to do his job? Just trying to, do,
1: yes. I, I did see that, I did see that. I also saw the amazing community <laughs> leadership <laughs> Happening on those piers yeah. that led yeah. to us coming to support said <laughs> grandpa. <Baby. laughs> yeah, pop pop
2: out there protecting Listen. the world against crackers, cracking.
3: They weren't <laughs> cracking. That baby, that baby got in that in that water. Uh-huh. Started swimming over uh-huh. there. Come on, Come on. <laughs> I loved it for so many reasons. I loved
0: how
1: yeah.
2: as of saving the world against crackers, the child disproved the myth that Black people can't swim Not only was the child swimming, but he was swimming fast. All I seen was little kinky curls hanging up out of the water, honey. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
1: yeah, yes. He was, he was. And he glory was. be to God for the inventor, the Black inventor of oh, the yeah. folding chair. Come on now listen.
3: <laughs> now, listen. Now listen, now listen, now listen, now listen. Now we talked about my altar back here, and I'm going to see. But mm-hmm. I always grew up with a copy of this right here. 100 Amazing Facts.
1: About the Negro. About the
3: Negro, And this was first published in like 1930s or 40s. So we're pretty amazing. That folding chair might be up in here. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Honey, we we patent so many things. I was learning that
2: the folding chair was an invention of the black person. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I did not Mm -hmm. know that. I knew about the I knew about potato chips.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a couple of things. Um, GPS, GPS, yeah. <laughs> those people in Montgomery said, not today in the spirit of no. the many ancestors in the past who fought an uprise, when we talk about ancestors and say things like we are not our ancestors, it disrespects the ancestors uh, you who did uprise, who were I'm not conforming, who actually bucked up against the system. We, we, we actually have, we are disrespecting them when we're not acknowledging the people who actually did rise, who actually were free, who actually did find a way to bash some heads in, find a way to slit some throats, and find a way to do what they need to do to be free.
2: A lot of the Negroes who quick to say, I'm not my ancestors, honey, those usually the same Negroes that are absolutely correct, they are not their ancestors, and not speak up. Like their ancestors, they did not fight. They couldn't handle the blood, sweat and tears that their ancestors put in. They are absolutely right.
1: Facts. We see how y'all move today to, your, to the rest of your black community. You'll sell them out for a dollar. You'll sell them out because they queer. You'll sell them out because they women. You, you we know you are not our ancestors. <laughs> we know <laughs> what was I mean- your favorite part? the swimming like i said it it was the
2: swimming for me in the process we saving our own i mean this is what a lot of us especially content creators who have to process this information on a regular basis just to stand up for us we this is the moment that a lot of us wanted we we wanted the fact the fight back moment this man on his job which you thought the other i don't know what alabama you thought it was baby but what you thought the other were sit on the boat dock and ain't Negro spirituals while y'all beat up on the Child, I'm glad I won't dare. It turned out a lot better.
3: Couple things. One, there was a Trump rally the day before. So, and a lot of people in the local, the local folks down there said, listen, every time Trump comes to town, these white people start acting out. And, you know, for a couple, you know, for like the, for that week or so, you know, because they're feeling themselves. This was Montgomery, right? Montgomery, Alabama, right? So like ships carrying black people in this you know, international fucking <laughs> human disaster called slavery, you know what I'm saying, human sex trafficking, people across the ocean, came in through Montgomery. It was easy for them to get people out the Caribbean through Montgomery. I'm not my ancestors. Whoever is saying that, you don't understand the level of violence that these white people can do and that they have done and that they're trying to go back to. That's indiscriminate. That's like, I just can fuck some black people up and keep it moving, that, you know, for my grandparent, my, my grandfather, him and his family had to bounce because the white man started coming around because his sisters were hitting puberty. Right. And so my great grandfather came out with a shotgun and then they packed up everything and left that night. Right. Like they want to go back to that. Okay. So, like, it's real.
1: I have said multiple times that I feel like um, in recent years, we don't pop enough. And I'm glad that I am seeing more of the popping. I'm, I'm seeing more, because one, one of my favorite, I don't know who quoted, I don't, I don't know who said, who said it, but somebody said that um, they better be glad that Black people want equality and not revenge. Mm-hmm. Because look, we owe y'all a few ass We owe you a few. There's many times that people just have the audacity because they feel like, they have the arm of the law to protect them they also, they feel like <laughs> that because a lot of times we are not racist we are not um, we are not evil inhumane um apathetic people. We are loving fun loving people. We don't we're not predisposed to be violent. We are not that kind of person. We don't have that kind of thing in us And so sometimes we are really just gracing people. We are really just giving you a you know these Karens coming up to cars, these Karens um stopping us at grocery stores coming up. We could yeah. match you in that moment we could but get it's just, not but it's not in us I to do know. that. We don't want to be that yeah. person we don't want to be that. I but I feel like today in the today's time you know i i'm I'm enjoying seeing people pop more often <laughs> i mean uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't let nobody hit you and not hit them back or what have you. You gotta, you gotta defend yourself. But also, you know... And defend your community. Yeah. And defend your community. And they are conditioning these white boys in the same way that these people condition uh, them young men from Saudi Arabia that threw them, threw, uh, took them planes into the building on 9-11. They are doing the same shit with these white boys. With the video games, online content, and all that kind of stuff. So it's important to, like, Take this shit seriously. the The fringe is bigger than it used to be. It's yes. still fringe, but it's bigger than it used to be, and that's the point: is to make the fringe a little bit more, you know. Uh, so yeah, protect yourself. Did y'all know the name of the boat that the black people got off of to go whoop that ass and even out the odds? Did y'all no. know the name of the boat?
2: The yes. name of the boat was area Baby, it's called the Universe, honey. I don't believe in coincidence. <laughs> I want to play devil's advocate real quick. You brought up. How we're we're an an inherently fun loving people. I agree with you hundred percent personally, but I want to play devil's advocate to all of the anti-black and to all of the racist people who may see this footage. You know, they'll bring up like they always do, black on black crime. I personally think that um black on black crime is a trauma response, you know, typical gang violence. When I think of black on black crime that I, that the ops refer to, right, that the enemy refers to, right, I think that, that they refer mm-hmm. to gang violence immediately. The crimes that, that you tend to see most predominantly among the Black community, for one, are responses, trauma responses of the Black existence in the United States. And mm-hmm. I also think, you know, proximity, you know, proximity crimes, that's a fact. That. But but what do y'all feel? Do, do y'all have a response to that? Do y'all think that, um, we are naturally a fun-loving people who, in many cases, are responding to the trauma, responding to the trauma of racism and anti-blackness.
1: Absolutely, I think that we those usually when we're talking about those things, the you know those kind of um, inner community um, violences or inner community um, happenings, they are usually a response to some of the already egregious things that. Um Politics of that area has put us in. Do you see what I'm saying? So yes, you know we got the drug dealer who is destroying community, and we can have a conversation with him. but we also can have a conversation with the policies the the redlining, and the history of redlining and the history of making this particular area of school and lack of um, job opportunities because what we also know is that the connection between crime is a socioeconomic connection if people are not able to work and we don't have people with jobs and we don't have people with education and we don't have people who are investing in our students and investing in our workforce in a particular area, that means those socioeconomic, socioeconomic things are gonna be down and crime is gonna be up. And so most of those socioeconomic decisions are made by people who don't live in those areas. And so, mm-hmm. and, and usually made, made by white people, made by white people in power capitalists in power in those situations. Yes. Can we have a conversation with the um, drug dealers? Absolutely. But that does not take the people who are making these decisions to put us in these kind of hard choices. (laughs) It doesn't take the accountability off of them either. We can chew gum and walk at the same time. I can talk shit about you selling my mama some drugs, but also can talk shit about you changing um who making laws that stop my people from getting um bank loans, stopping my people from getting loans to build businesses and to create jobs for our community, stop um you from investing money in our school system for our students for our students to be able to go to college, for our students to be able to invest in education. I can also call you out in your accountability and creating creating the environment for those crimes to be high in our areas. Mm-hmm. Now you know I know that. I'm glad that you brought that up. I know that black people
2: are not inherently as a people, right? We can always trace back the evils in the black community to racism, which is linked to socioeconomic access, which is linked to capitalism. We can always link it back to that, the evil, the typical evils in, in the black community, right? The typical evils in the white community, we're not able to link them back to things that seem as justifiable. Slavery. We can link them back to capitalism and religion. I think ultimately slavery, you link that back to laziness. We want other motherfuckers to do our work. You know, mm-hmm. I think with um, you know, mass shootings and and you know the the AR-15 crew, I think you just link link that back to um psychosis.
3: <laughs> I you know, in some ways it's linked to trauma. You know, coming out of the Midwest, where it's like a lot of Eastern and Southern Europeans, a lot of my peers, just like my grandparents came up from down south to the north, their grandparents came forever. Poland, Germany, wherever. the Their grandparents usually or great-grandparents. And usually they were fleeing war. Usually they were fleeing something really traumatic. Here, Australia, Canada, you know, South Africa, all these settler colonies have been an escape place for uh, Europeans. Remember, the United States started only rich White wealthy landowners could vote. Wasn't everybody? Wasn't all the white people? The oh, other women. white people were overseers, right? Right. The over, other white people were overseers. The other white people were holding this media, this kind of intermediate space to keep them in check, competing with free labor from black people, right? You know, so all of like, those is, is capital. That's crazy. Y'all know yeah, all, all of those are capitalists. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've been conditioned. It's like white people have been a lot of white folks have been conditioned to do things that aren't in their best interest, um because of, you know, racism, which is a product of capitalism. Yeah.
2: Ultimately, you're saying that you don't think that white people are inherently evil. You think that that the the worst of the white people just happen to be in charge, just happen to be in control. You know, whoever has the gold make gold whoever has the gold makes the rules and you're also saying that um not necessarily but it, and, but that, not, and yeah. you're also saying that, that you think that they're traumatized because the, of their exposure to the Caucasus mountains and,
3: <laughs> and what I, what I'm saying is that <laughs> whiteness is an invention that the you know some Europeans came up with cuz they had to make sense of the human and sex trafficking called slavery and have something to go contrast with black and now we got chattel slavery there wasn't no white. These are less melanated people. Because everybody comes from the continent anyway. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. You know. I don't think um, that they're
1: inherently evil. I don't think that they, this is inherent. I think that this is the culture that we are raised up in. Just like we are affected by anti-blackness, they are affected by anti-blackness. they just in the position of power to wield it more uh, in negative towards us because we are black. Having that power is hard to give up. When we think about men, in in regards to you know the power of misogyny and the power of patriarchy and in 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 regards to that like it's hard for them to give up that power they are invested in the i the ideology that says they are the lead that says they are the the top that says they are old I mean, our submission and so I think that's how men think because they are invested in the keeping the power. And I also think in regards to race, that is how some white people think because they are invested in feeling like they are the superior. They are the ones that I mean, you are should,
0: conditioned.
1: conditioned to do that. They're,
3: they're conditioned. We're all conditioned to think that, you know? That's why I didn't get white baby dolls growing up or no white co- iconography could come in my <laughs> house, okay? Because right. everything else is conditioning to say, that's why remember they did the baby doll thing, right? Yeah. Brown v. Board, so everybody's yes. being conditioned, and even amongst the white people, the Europeans, if you uh, Polish and stuff, that ain't real white to them. If you're not a white Anglo-Saxon or Protestant, Jewish. right? That's not really white. So it's like even that is like you know what I mean? White, the quote-unquote white status, status of white, of whiteness has been expanded as they have to have the Europeans. white diaspora,
0: exactly, literally, hey, right? Literally. So, yeah.
1: yeah tell us what y'all think about the montgomery battle the brawl on the piers baby the The river river brawl, baby Uh, because it has lit the it has lit the internet up and we want to know what y'all think so hashtag Marsha's play this is our thoughts you can like them you can love them whatever tell us what we we want to hear what you think hashtag Marsha's play
2: we will be discussing sexual assault and sexual harassment i've been thinking about this this whole lizzo tobacco for all who's not familiar um lizzo is currently potentially facing charges um for sexual assault and harassment against dancers
1: you know is it that- charges or just a lawsuit they may have, at this point they may have, at one point it was definitely, she
2: was definitely looking at charges. I'm not hundred percent sure if she's still looking at charges now, but at one point she was definitely looking at charges. Um, these girls have been pursuing this case for a while. Um, but yeah, they, she's uh, being accused of forcing dancers to eat a banana out of a performer's vagina. She, she's been forced. She's been accused, allegedly, she's being accused, it's alleged, that she forced dancers to, female dancers, cis women dancers, to eat a banana out of another cis woman's vagina, right? For me, people have been talking a lot, but people haven't been mentioning what I see as the obvious. Are we going to talk about the sexuality aspects here? You know, th- this is a this is a non-straight interaction. How how would this have been perceived if cis male dancers were being forced by Beyonce to eat a banana out of a man's anus? Like, um, why why are we not talking about the sexuality aspects of it? Do do y'all have an have an idea why we may not be talking about the sexuality aspects of it? Do do y'all understand what I'm saying at all? Am I making any sense?
1: So Lizzo sexually assaulted somebody.
3: That's what I'm hearing. Lizzo forced somebody to sexually assault someone in front of her.
2: This happens um, in the red light district in Amsterdam, happens on the red light district in Amsterdam at a place called- um, uh,
3: And she coerced her dancers to- do something sexually that they want to do. That's sexual
2: assault. Yes. Her dancers feel, feel as if, if they were forced <laughs> that they, they didn't go along with the act, then Lizzo wouldn't continue working with them and, and offering them, making offers for them, contracting them out as dancers.
3: And if they felt that way, they felt that way for a reason. That sounds fucked up to me. <laughs> sounds like sexual assault. It sounds like coercion. If you coerce somebody to do a sexual act, they don't want to do that sexual assault. That's fucked up. If this is true,
2: which it seems to be, by, by all evidence, it seems to be there's actually video footage of Lizzo in Amsterdam talking about going to see this performance where people eat the banana out of the lady's vagina. This, this is something that this club is known
1: to do. It's a tourist attraction. So let me tell you, I don't believe it. I can. I'm just one of the people who, um, you know, there's certain things that I believe, and there's certain things I just don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. I think that this is some fired people who want to um, use what the, use Lizzo's honesty about her tour and her having, you know, she talked about that on that show. And I think they use that, her talking about it as a part of the narrative to be able to sue her because they were mad that they got fired. Um, I don't personally believe. Yes.
3: So she was already. So she's talked about this show in Amsterdam where this is a part of the performance.
1: No, 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 no. so in the interview with Lizzo, she was on like a radio show or a podcast or something. And they were yeah. talking, we, you know, I just left Amsterdam and there is a sexual, they do sexual shows. Yeah. And so yeah. she was saying, oh, I want to see the one where the girl eats the banana out of the pussy at the particular show. She was like, I'm kind of interested in that. I want to see this. So she's verbally talking about it on this podcast.
2: Okay. And
1: so now all of a sudden, there is this, these people saying that that particular thing happened.
3: Explicitly.
1: Explicitly. See, she was talking about it. I feel like there's a lot of things to me Mm, that feels like a setup just to attack her. Personally. It's not saying that a fat Black um, woman can't be problematic in her work. Yes. I just don't believe it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that these are disgruntled ex-workers who are finding who are trying to find a way to sue her i didn't Mm. hear about criminal charges i didn't hear about that i don't know about that part of it
3: but i didn't know they were already fired
1: (laughs) yes they were fired and they they Mm -hmm. was bringing a lawsuit against her in order to um yeah in order and the and it was what was explained earlier it was a, there was a sexual situation that happened at where she was um not the but I didn't hear the banana part. I heard the banana part on the um uh, on the actual podcast interview that she was on. I I didn't hear it from the um in the lawsuit part, the details of the lawsuit. But there the apparently when I read the and like I said, I haven't just totally deep dived into it. So I don't wanna um but the the couple of things that I did read, apparently they were having a Like after dance, like after a show, they're having a party, gathering, get together, and some sexual things happen. Like you know, she brings some strippers in, and blah 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 blah, and they were uncomfortable. And it wasn't the way it's made to me. The way it's making it seem is like is exactly what's being described here. Like she forced somebody to do something, and it wasn't. Could she have been inappropriately bitch? this is your job this is your work maybe you not want to maybe you not want to bring strippers in this situation if this is your job and your company and your work because i would feel oh i don't want to be the shady person talking about oh this is inappropriate at my jobs situation it could that have happened sure but the whole i lizzo it forcing somebody to eat banana out of somebody coochie i don't believe that do i believe lizzo being the fun loving person, open sexuality, open, open to talk about and do fun stuff. Do I think that that's in her personality? Absolutely. Could she cross the line and do something that kind of is not inappropriate as far as like bringing strippers in? I may not be into the stripper thing. And then boom, here I am in this uncomfortable situation that I can't do anything about because I am a because I work for you. Is that inappropriate? Absolutely, I think it's inappropriate. You shouldn't put your workers in that situation to have to choose whether I have to participate in this sexual situation. But, like this sexual discomfort. But do I think Lizzo was forcing bitches to eat bananas out of somebody's coochie? I don't believe
3: that. Do you think it could have been a thing where they felt coerced to watch the performance?
1: I could believe I mean, that. Maybe
3: they, and maybe they wanted to leave, but. Felt coerced to stay. To stay,
1: yes, that's what I believe. That's which, what I
3: with, believe. which
1: I have started any
3: it. other job
1: inappropriate. That,
3: that that's an EEOC violation. Inappropriate, absolutely. absolutely. That's definitely sexual harassment. Yes, that's definitely like a big fucking line across. And it's very like the type of shit that particularly like women got to deal with at work type shit, where it's like you being uncomfortable sexual fucking situations. You don't want to be in or guys talking about having sex all the fucking time or people you know just that shit they're like i'm not comfortable i'm not comfortable
2: i agree <laughs> and disagree um i feel like like you said it's an eoc violation being somebody who does get songwriting gigs and who does work in entertainment on the side there is a lot of that type of stuff that goes on in, in the entertainment industry is very normalized to be in the studio and they bring in girls or they bring in guys depending on the artists you're working with they they for inspiration and things like that there is a lot of inappropriate stuff going on you've been exposed to drug use all of those things however um i think that we would be looking at it completely different if lizzo were a guy If if lizzo were a a male celebrity and you know these women were complaining nobody nobody denies that that any of it actually happened the dancers did you know eat the bananas um everybody they weren't the only ones however there are other people who still to this day work with lizzo who was there who participated um lizzo does seem to be very you know sexually carefree and that's something that i'm starting to starting to really n- learn I didn't really know that about her. I knew people said it, but I hadn't really seen it with my own two eyes until now. I think it brings up a bigger conversation because I don't think Lizzo did anything intentionally to, to hurt these employees. I, I really don't think that her intent was bad at all. Um, I really don't think that I I really don't think that even now she sees the malice in it. I think it's hard for a lot of us to to see the malice in it. I'm looking at it from being somebody who's a little more prudish, you know, being queer for for a lot of us um sexuality our sexuality tends to be loud and and expressive in in the queer community. Me, I'm a little I'm a little less sexual. You know, I'm I'm you know um I'm a little less kinky. I'm a little uh, that that's not really my lane. I would have felt uncomfortable. Um and the sexuality component that I'm curious about with y'all. I would have felt uncomfortable, not because I'm not attracted to women, I'm pansexual, I'm very attracted to women. And that is very, that would be a very intimate thing for me to do with somebody who I not only knew personally, but had a relationship with. You know what I mean? I would have felt very compromised. I would have felt very
1: uncomfortable. So let me say first and foremost, this is an inappropriate work situation. Like these things shouldn't be done at work, okay? and you as a as a as a business owner you as a leader in your business this should these should be things that are automatically in the forefront of when you engaging with your staff how this um this can be inappropriate like it's like or and not just inappropriate it could set you up for these types of things <laughs> it can set you up for these types of things so even if lizzo is not intentional. I'm about to say
3: I don't want to be here. You should just
1: let them go. Yes, and me personally, this is just me personally. <laughs> I don't think Lizzo is the type of person that would not let you go. I just, uh, just based on her engagement, just based mm-hmm. on what people, people who know her, who personally have told me, I just don't think she's that person that you don't feel like you get you you. I just don't feel like she's the person who you. Don't feel like if you don't want to do this, you got to stay in do.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. You know, she she's even interacted with me on my TikTok. And um, I know some people who know her personally and who work with her. And, you know, people, people are talk shit about celebrities behind their back whenever they had the opportunity
1: to, especially with content creators. I haven't gotten that. And I think that maybe she ended up because she's a fun loving girl. It's I've I've been in situations where I thought they were inappropriate because they no no no. I didn't think they're inappropriate because I'm not prudish. I am not somebody who is thrown back by sexuality or da-da-da. If I'm at a party and it's a work party and somebody brings a cake out and a stripper comes out of it, in my brain, I'm not gonna be thinking, oh my god, this is work. How, why am I here? Oh I'll be like, yes, bitch, wear it out. That's where my brain is gonna go because. I know I am a a person if I'm uncomfortable I'm going to leave. <laughs> so I'm going to be like I'm out of here. Work or not work, wherever I'm at, I'm going to be up out of here. This is this is whack to me. But but I have seen situations at conferences, which is people don't think conferences, but conferences is work. You there usually for your organization. <laughs> you usually is a work situation. Conferences, I've seen it in um kind of social settings that really is it may not be on the clock but this is a lot of your peers and there are things people have done particularly like you said when we talk about studio you in their recording and they bringing girls in or you're in there recording and shit just pops off like even with drugs like it's not no i'm not telling you ooh, smoke this dr- this drug right now but i'm in here and i'm like oh everybody's doing coke me that would that's where my prudish comes in i'm not a druggy person so when when drugs are around me i'm usually like what is happening <laughs> oh, what is oh my god everybody's doing coke i gotta get out of here i'm that person i'm the that i'm way more prudish about drugs than i am about sexuality but i've never been in a situation where i felt like my boss i was gonna get consequences so, I don't know how that feels, but I don't think that Lizzo is one of those bosses. I feel like Lizzo was doing something fun. We're in Amsterdam, let's go to the red light district. She seems like a fun, boss type person. And so we're in Rome, let's do as the Romans do. So, yes, we went and seen all the shows. We went and seen all of that. But I don't think Lizzo is the one that I'm going to feel like I'm going to get fired for not coming to this thing. I don't think that's that's who Lizzo is. That I'm not gonna believe that. That's not who how people I know have read her, how I read her. And like I said, I don't know her personally, but people who know her personally that I know personally, nobody is given that vibe from her. Like you can't say, ah. So I just I just don't believe it. Like do I think something happened? I think sure. Something could have happened but i feel like oh we got fired because we didn't live up to the standard of what you know everybody talking about fat phobia oh they fired because mm-hmm. that the main way that has been the defense from lizzo personally that these
2: girls are disgruntled dancers who couldn't cut it she met two out of the three on the show that she does on um amazon prime watch out for the big girls yeah. and they were apparently better in the show then and they couldn't really sustain on tour that that's her argument i want to save my good image and just say that yes i'm a bit prudish when it comes to sex my line i don't mind strippers none of that my line would be um being being involved in a sexual act with with someone doing the show like i would i don't mind the performance no shade, I love the performance. You know, I throw the girls day ones. You know, I'm familiar with King of Diamonds, Magic City, all of the things.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: I don't want to be in a performance crash. Um, exactly. I, yes, I'm prudish sexually, but I'm not a whole prude to everybody watching. I'm not prudish when it comes to the drugs. I don't do hard drugs, but girl, you can do your lines, honey, all of the things, and and yeah, as long as there's nothing that could get me a contact high, I don't want you, you know, smoking nothing and blowing no smoke in my presence that I am smoking on. But um, other than that, yes, live your best entire life.
1: I think those people who were fired because of the you can't cut it situation now have turned these fun situations that they were okay with in the moment into now, oh, well, we know this is technically inappropriate. We know that this mm-hmm. can be seen. We know how the culture is about this type of mm-hmm. stuff right now. She black. So yep. let me let me use these moments and weaponize them to get her back and sue her in these situations. That's what I think mm-hmm. is happening, and that's my opinion.
3: I want to say it's like one out of every five women in America are coerced into sexual acts or raped or attempted to be raped by the time they're eighteen. And so you got to remember that. So you got to remember that's a large ass. Proportion, you know what I'm saying? So it's like one out of every four, one out of every five, and then when you go to college, it's one out of every three. If you go to college, and then as black women as adults, we're talking about forty-something percent of people. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to keep that in mind because sexual—that's what I was getting at earlier. Sexual assault and and uh, coercion and rape and stuff is so pervasive that sometimes we forget that like every other fucking person is sitting here with trauma, particularly if they're assigned female at birth. That means that like every three people (laughs) or four people has been raped and probably everybody there knows somebody that's been raped or coerced into sex or sexually assaulted. And so this is not to say that Lizzo did this, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But this is to say it's important to keep that in mind because not everybody's comfortable for different reasons. And with sexual assault being so pervasive, it's like um, a lot of people can be triggered and just need to go and a part of we know with sexual assault and all that shit's about control, power and control. So if a person feels like they can't go, that's going to be a problem. Um, but yeah, that's my thought. i do not like I said, I'm not saying Lizzo did it because <laughs> it sounds very complicated. sounds like they just kind of taking advantage of her in the moment. Um, but also just like important to keep in mind, like, listen, like shit is real.
2: How do y'all feel about
3: it? What do y'all think?
2: Hashtag
3: Marshall's Plate. So I actually had a different topic in mind, and then I came across this article, um, pretty cool article in the 19th um, that just came out highlighting a recent um, gathering put on by the Human Rights Campaign. And it was, it's called a Trans Justice or Transgender Justice Initiative. It was led by Lori Cooper and it brought eight black trans men together, excuse me, for workshops on public speaking, still shipping pay, becoming better leaders, excuse me, ooh, excuse me, and just talking about the community. Um, It's the first year HRC has hosted a leadership cohort of only transmasculine people. They previously organized similar fellowships for BIPOC trans femmes and non-binary activists. Um, And there was a multi-generational group, 21 to 56. Um, And Cooper said it's rare for LGBT, national LGBT orgs to make that kind of space. Nonprofits and community groups advocating for trans rights. There's not a lot of space, but not a lot of of transmasculine people and leadership and so one of the things that they hide they did some highlighting some barriers that they uh, identified for uh, black trans masculine leaders and the three the main three were feeling tokenized without re- actually being valued feeling invisible and not wanting to take up space or ask for help um, and then they also talked about barriers for trans people that aren't talked about enough within LGBTQ spaces, um, particularly more pressure to fit in a certain kind of box when it comes to sexuality and gender expression. For example, being seen as quote, too masculine to be queer, right? Like that gender policing that happens and transphobia that happens within our own community. Uh, Mosley said it's hard for transgender people um, to be accepted Uh, especially trans men, to be accepted within the overall queer community. Talked about some hostility, and we've talked about this on the show, issues with gay, cisgender men. Um, In particular, um, one of the participants said, I was naive to believe that the LGBT community would be there to protect and stand up um, for me. Uh, His straight cisgender male friends have defended him more strongly. a couple other highlights one person talked about after having a baby um and it's been difficult um being a queer transparent has been really isolating it's harder to feel safe in spaces um they've been struggling trying to figure out where do they fit in every time they walk in the room they feel alone um and so you know they talked about resources that are actually here But the issue, they said that one of the other barriers is just like how to access the the resources, because it's going to look different and it has to be specific if the resource is for black trans men. It can't look like what it looks like to reach other communities, white trans men or other folks. Um, And the last thing is on a poster um, listing what trans men, black trans men need. Um, some of the main things were more spaces like that, where they can come together and be vulnerable and share and talk about the issues, um, more mentorship, amplifying the voices of their elders, professional development, access brought by representation and visibility. And then uh, finally, uh, we're to show up fully as the, what what they want from Black trans men as leaders is to be able to, Show up fully as themselves while making space for others. Hearing what they think can be helpful in terms of more spaces, more mentorship, um, amplifying voices of elders, professional development, more representation, visibility. Do you? Th- are you seeing that work being done, or what are ways do you think that can you know show up
1: in different spaces?
2: I'm here yeah. for it. I'm here for it, LJ. Um. To answer your first question no i haven't heard the issues articulated this way from black trans men i have had conversations with black trans men um and i've I've purposefully to try and get a better understanding of what my brothers want not just from society but also me being somebody who speaks up and it's seen as a representation of our overall community. I want to know what they would like from people like me. So I love this, I live for this. Um, it's definitely what I needed. It, it's what I needed to hear. Um, I, think, I think the issue with with this article is the same issue that that the trans that trans men commonly say that they have, especially black trans men, um, not being seen. Not being seen and, and not having space, and I feel bad being somebody who looks up articles and things on a regular basis, I had no idea about this. Um yeah, I just want to i i just I just want to to cape for my brothers. I just want to push their voices. I just want to do what I can for them, because me being not just another trans person, but being someone who admires. The trans masculine community, being somebody who typically dates within the trans masculine community. I I want to know what, what
1: I can do. I want to know how I can be an ally. So, me personally, I always, um, I'm in a, I'm going to say a bubble, but I, I have been blessed in my life to be in community with brilliant trans men um, who speak to the issues, who I'm friends with them. I am. You know, I'm a phone call away, we text each other. So I just have amazing trans men friends. Um, so is, that is a unique position that I am in. Um, so I see the ones who are working hard for their community, ones that are just really out here doing the thing. But I must say that I also see the other side. I also see um, trans men who go into obscurity um, um who aligns with cishet men really really hard i have a particular friend who is stealth trans man um, we met years ago but he doesn't have a lifeline outside of his stealth life and i'm one of those lifelines so I get the negative that he brings me the negative of his forced invisibility, his forced lack of community, his, fo- where he, where I'm like, hey, no, you don't gotta be an activist, but you can at least come to this event. You can at least build community in a way, but because of his investment in being stealth and just being a quote unquote regular guy with his, his sister, the woman, girlfriend, he loses out on the things that he may need because he is invested in that. And as soon as he breaks up with um, his girlfriend at the time, as soon as that crumbles down, he's in depression because now he has nobody because she's gone until he gets a new girlfriend, which he's an, a, a beautiful man. <laughs> so he's always going to get a new girlfriend, but feels like it's this kind of it's this hamster wheel. Of, I invest in this cis heteronormative life, heteronormative life, and then when it crumbles because it's not, it's not always safe over there. It's lonely being a man on his typical level. To me, I think it's lonely. <laughs> I've heard men talk about this. It can be lonely to a lot of people, especially with other men. If y'all haven't built that, if you're trying to live that cis life, they don't have a, avenues to to build that kind of um community care all the time they have to have done that that work that shadow work to kind of break down those walls to have those kind of relationships and he never can find men where he can build that kind of community so when shit crumbles over here he runs back to the few people that he has in the trans community as i just so happen to be one of and so Of course, I'm having an open conversation. I'm not saying his name right now with y'all, but, and I don't do this to him because I know how lonely it can be. So I don't have this kind of conversation with him, but this is what I feel. I'm like, nigga, I try to get you in these spaces so that when shit crumbles, you have a foundation of community, but you don't try to participate. You don't try to be involved in it. And it sometimes pisses me off because then if something happened to you, It's going to be, nobody does things for trans men. Nobody does things for us. We're always invisible. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't always agree with
3: I mean, I think also it depends on where you live, right? And it depends on what your reality is. It depends on what your algorithm is. It depends on where you're at. I've been in places where they've had very explicit support and resources for Black trans men. I've also been in places where they have absolutely none. Zero. Milch. Nada period, and have very explicit resources for Black trans women, trans males, non-binary folks, everybody else, and explicitly not (laughs) trans men. You know what I mean? So that's reality for some people, right? Like, it just really depends on where you live. And also because, and I've talked about this before, trans men are relatively new to the conversation around trans anything, resources, funding, research, or any of that shit within the, the 21st century. So Even though more funny for everybody who's trans has been more in the 21st century since after the marriage shit, my point is, even the idea that trans men exist is a relatively new thing in the 21st century. And so how community exists and forms, I think, is still being figured out. The example of this person, yeah, like that's common. That's real common, even for folks who are in the community. A lot of the foundation of Black trans men's community are self-Black trans men. It's not folks who are visibly out. So I think there's there needs to be more education about the history of Black trans men stuff, understanding how we operate because we operate and move a little differently. I don't believe anybody is stealth because they want to be stealth because they're invested in cis at normativity and that's it. I think it's fear. Um, and most people I know in intimate conversations, this about these other fears um, and concerns. And so you know, it's not. That's the that's the front, you know. what I'm saying that's the that's the what I tell myself to feel okay and safe. But underneath that is fears about economic instability, family stuff, fears around sexual assault and rape, fears around a lot of stuff, losing your apartment, all kinds of stuff. Right? Ideally, there would be more resources for Black trans men, and he wouldn't have to ask you or a couple people. He would be able to know he can go to X, Y, and Z. He would be able to know where he can get a binder for free. He would be able to know. Where he can get some tampons if he needs it. Like I said before, he'd be able to know where there's a regular group happening. Or you know what I'm saying? Like ideally there'd just be more robust shit anyway. Um and you know we should continue to be working towards that for all of us black trans women, trans men, non-binary folks, black trans men. But there's not the same level of visibility in most places. Like it might be in Houston, you know what I'm saying? It might be in some places, parts of the South definitely, but like most places, that's not the case, and even that visibility is new. It's new. It's all new, and it's been evolving and growing, right? Because it used to just be message boards and da 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 Like how Black trans men have come have come into community. What I've seen in my experience, trans, you know, started my medical transition like almost thirteen years ago. We was in message boards. We wasn't meeting up, or you know, some people were in ballroom and like different like community spaces, but it was real, you know hey you know you know it was you know i'm saying so like the actual function of how people were connecting is different it's just different right it's just different people come and go regularly within the community because shit happens but that's a part of understanding if i'm working for me at least in my work with other trans guys doing work in the community it's like i expect people to come and go i expect you to dip off for a minute what i've observed and learned is that shit happens and it doesn't mean you're totally away from the community, it just means some shit happened and I gotta give you that grace because I can't expect you to function like a cisgender person. You are a transgender person. And so people get it twisted because a lot of us are cis assumed that we're not dealing with trans shit every day that controls how we navigate the world. One of the things they talked about um, was that, you know, uh, being was not acknowledged enough within the trans community is the fact that the reality of being a black in America, that is a trans issue. Right. Cause I could get shot and killed by the police. You know what I'm saying? That is a trans issue. Um, you know, he said, when I walk in the store and he's like, oh, he's, he's trans school, they're like, oh, he's threatening, you know, um, and so that's a new experience for a lot of people, especially with the high visibility around black men being killed and fucked up by the police. That, is, that was not a priority for a lot of trans folks to say, hey, what about these black trans men? How, are, how is their emotional and mental health in this moment, particularly the ones that are since assumed when people are getting fucked up and killed by the police left and right on TV? Because for the last five years, we got George Floyd and people getting fucked up. Y'all, are y'all Negroes okay? What does that mean if you have not been socialized as a, for most of us, as a man, and now you out here as a man and men are getting fucked up by the police? You I, know, so, for, as an example, I'm just saying. Yeah, you let know. me say
1: this, let me say this. So I I I hear you, I get it. I know, I, I think what you're saying is real. I totally get it. I The only issue I have is when we're talking about it as a inner trans community problem, like as if we're, when we're talking if you're saying to the larger LGBT community, sure. But in trans community problem. Yeah, trans, I think it depends I on where you are. We got our own that shit might... going on too. We, we right. Got, right. yes, black men, black cis men predominantly are getting killed. Yes, are there a couple of trans men? Yes, absolutely. But black trans women are getting killed at a higher rates than that. And so it's hard right. for me to embrace you when we got our own shit going on, and y'all are not coming to the stuff that we are building for each other. It's hard for me well, to
3: I, I, do that. I, I hear that and I receive that.
2: I don't experience that. I, I just wanna throw out my, my own experience with trans men. I haven't been around a lot of trans men or I haven't been around any who have been able to really articulate the issues well for me overall, right? But I have seen and witnessed, and I witnessed a lot, being in partnership, living with, um, you know, people, various people who live in that existence, who have that experience. I have seen issues. I have seen issues when it comes to healthcare. I have seen um a lot of issues, honestly, that they don't talk about. They don't talk about publicly. And I feel I'm glad that a lot of this stuff is coming out because I think that one of the big things that I noticed amongst trans men. Black trans men specifically, is that like Black cis men, they tend not
1: to want to talk about their issues and emotions, especially publicly. So what, how on a, on a community level, when we got stuff going on, when we as women, cause I think that this, this, this is a reflection of, you know, reflected in the cis, cis community as well. When we, yes, do we hear all of these problems that men are saying? Do we hear it? Yeah, absolutely. We hear, we get it, we understand it. But how are we supposed to respond to that? I don't understand. I, sometimes I don't I, I'm I'm at a loss for for words. I, I don't think- know how I'm supposed to respond to it if if what everything that I'm trying to do is to help the community as a whole and the uh, the constant pushback is Oh, we just don't like talk about it. So, OK, I'm supposed to fix this shit if you don't want to talk about it. I can't bring the horse to water and make them drink. Well, like, I mean, what is up?
3: Right. I mean, they now, What one of the key things they said was, this is not normal. This is rare. This is the first time they've had where the focus was trans masculine people. I think more resources and more money and more investment into spaces where Black trans men can have agency to have these conversations and talk about, this is how you reach us. This is an us leading about, these are the things we need. That's happening in some places, it's not happening everywhere. Uh, It works in some places, there's drama other places, right? But overall, that is just not the case, right? There is no, like, like, it's not, it ain't there. So if not being there, shouldn't, you know, and also like, if somebody wants to be stale, that's their prerogative. Like that's their prerogative. They transitioned is what they want to do. Whatever. Why we can't, I'm not going to tell you how to be your trans. I'm going to affirm you in your transness. And even though it doesn't make sense in the Eurocentric version of gender shit around the shit, it does make sense. There's, that's why the majority of people that have led the shit around black trans men have been men who have been stealth. It hasn't been men. (laughs) Out. It's been men who have been stealth are the ones that's linking people to the healthcare and linking people to the, that and laid the foundations for some of the shit that we even have now and so it's just a different model what I'm saying it's like it's a different universe and that's okay to not under, it's okay to not understand how that universe works and one way to understand it but don't let like, does feet. not fit
1: not me personally but, there, but don't let it but I don't I think, think I so should be able like, to I should be forced in a situation where I have to figure out your your situation if you're not coming and, and contributing to the issue if you self isolating and you're not coming contributing what you need to the pot of shit that we gotta fix and if your shit don't work over here but if people are saying your
3: shit ain't important people not gonna want to say it people are gonna say
1: your i shit, don't have that experience
3: but, Diamond, earlier, but i'm saying if 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 you say your shit ain't the same and black trans women are gonna are being killed people ain't gonna want to bring that up because you just told me my shit ain't as important We have things specific for trans men,
1: and
3: they don't participate. Yeah, no, I get that. But I'm saying another another issue, though, is like they said, folks don't want to take up space. They don't want to. They don't. They're not sure about taking up space, or asking for help. And also, in some spaces, if you bring your shit up, people say that ain't as important. This shit is more important, and so people don't bring it up. And that's a factor. Them thirty somethings like myself who transitioned a little later in life were a lot of those folks in that space who were people who existed and navigated as black women and said, I'm gonna get these women in this space. But what happened was these people who grew up and be taught in a society to be invisible are still kind of invisible in our community. And so it's like, how do we shift the shit and like figure out like, you know, like they said, what can help, they said, like this, right? More leadership development, more mentorship, so so then to me, I'm hearing we need to put more money into leadership development, mentorship spaces like this. So people can have I can be out here in Seattle and have some money to say, hey, black trans guys. And we know how to reach you because not all of you are, are are out or visibly out. We haven't a thing. And guess what? People will show up. But that ain't, we ain't you, you get what I'm saying. So it's like I just have a and, Atlanta, thing honestly. could be a cookout. Well, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's laying at anybody's feet. I think the point is. No, it should.
1: Big, big um, gay ink. It needs to be laid at their feet because they're getting the money. I don't think it needs to be laid at. I'm just talking about the issue with me with saying that the the inner trans community, not, it should be laid at their feet. I don't feel like it should be laid at trans women's feet. And a lot of issues that I hear from trans women. I mean, from trans men saying they uh, will attack trans women for their lack of resources, but it is not us. It is not our Mm -hmm. job. We got too much going on. It's not that we don't care. And it's not that I don't see trans women, including trans men in their work. It is, we we are fucking fighting for scraps as well. It is gay ink and the larger communities that you need to be laying your burdens down to. Not us, because we're out here fighting just as hard as you for you and we're for us. Yeah, yeah I, get-
3: I I I agree. But I also just think there's a lack of education by a lot of trans folks who are not black trans men around the issues that we navigate. And I think we have more education on the issues that black trans women face. And so we have some more understanding. I think if there was more education, internal conversation, I ain't talking about I got to lay it at your feet and you're responsible. But understanding what people in your community are going through, and having, understand, having a better understanding of the nuances, because it's a, it's like trying to have a conversation around like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about two different Give me an example.
2: I, I think I think I understand a, a bit what, what both of y'all are saying. I um yeah, they, yeah. from a psychology social okay. perspective, the average trans man that I come that I come across tends to be somebody who's living stealth and they're using me and my counseling service as an opportunity to have a rapport with another trans person as an opportunity to talk about talk about all of the issues of living this invisible life right i do see how the the black trans when wim- the black trans woman in many cases um is sent to or expected to cape for the the black trans man i i see that we it, it's inherent for us the black woman learns that she needs to cape for the black man Period, you know, so I, I get and I see both sides. I, I see the need for, for the visibility because I do see visible trans men who are still very invisible. You know, I do see trans men doing the work that I do, do the stuff that I do, and they don't get the attention that I get. And I think it's also, this, I think it's also a spectacle element behind it as well. I think that it's more of a spectacle for the average person to see a trans woman in action Especially when she's being something other than just sexy, yeah, I think that that is more of a spectacle for for the average person versus seeing in their minds what they're processing is someone who is a woman who became a man that's that that's i I think a lot of people process process that as more boring. I think the community outside of the trans community don't really care as much about trans men honestly i I really don't and and that's just based off of like I said, experience I have been the partner of.
1: I agree. I agree. I think that there's a difference in the, the fetishization and sensationalization, sensationalization of a, 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 a perceived man going to be a woman than it is a woman going to a man. I think that that is true in people's infatuation with the trans experience. I do think that that's real. Um, I just can, can you give me an example, Jay, of, uh, and maybe you just listed it in what they were talking about. I just, as somebody who works in community with trans men who talk to them, who, who I'm trying to see examples of where, where is a blind spot for trans women? Not, I know, I see blind spots for the, I don't think,
3: I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I think the important thing, too, this is not about trans women in general. I think in general, there needs to be just more education opportunities for all of us to learn about our experiences. But this specifically is around leadership opportunities and leadership development. And so that's why they said there's not as many opportunities. That's why they did this, because it's the first time they've had this cohort for trans people with an emphasis and focus on trans men
1: and their development as leaders. And, you know, Mark, let me add some historical context, too, because this is not talked about at all. Um, what why I'm and we're sometimes we're having a conversation and some of us are playing devils blah, blah blah. why I am going so hard about this is because this is a conversation I have all the time with people um and also it is like I said in my experience it is laid at the feet of trans women particularly trans leaders who are also new <laughs> trans lead trans women leaders are also new in community um in in leadership roles this is also new for us and sometimes when when trans <laughs> men are talking talking and and de- degrading these trans women leaders, it is laid these oh. problems are laid at the feet. but what in my, as an old head, who's been in the in, in, <laughs> long as well since the nineties, I have seen white trans men in leadership in nonprofit in leadership, so I feel oh, yeah. like. For years, it's not that's not new for them, I feel like if there are not black trans men leaders and they need mentorship and they need that kind of guidance and that funding invested in them, it needs to come from these trans white trans men who have been in leadership in nonprofit because we, we are just now getting in these positions. scraping And scrounging for the little resources that we got. But these white trans men have been in leadership, in particular nonprofits, in these leadership positions, and they just have not passed the torch down to trans, black trans men. I feel like it should be laid at Absolutely. their feet.
3: Yes, it should be laid at their feet. And yes, if I think black trans women should be like, we got your back. This is fucked up. We want you to have more shit yes and no, it's not our responsibility to do it, but it's our responsibility to be in solidarity with you, just yes, like we expect absolutely. you to be in solidarity with us. Yeah, so it don't gotta be no tension thing. You know what I'm saying? But that, but I'm saying, like, because there's a you got you do have an element within the community on fuck shit. Uh, we're all out here suffering as Black people. We're all here suffering as Black trans people, and so when Black trans men say, "Yo, these are the fucking issues." If the response is that with this shit over here, a lot of people aren't going to want to say, hey, these are the issues. No, I get that. Because some people receive that as my shit is not important. Or you get folks who are like, I I navigated as a woman, so I don't want to take up too much space and I understand. And then motherfuckers are suffering in silence, right? And so it's like, that's a fucking problem. We don't want any Black trans people or any Black people, period, suffering in silence, right, period. And so, you know, I think if there was a more robust energy around like solidarity and just like in, 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 in believing people when they say, listen, I got to navigate this shit. And I'm not saying is, that seems, it might, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I think we need more, in my opinion, I think we need more opportunities to um, have conversation about the shit that folks are dealing with. And I think, you know, there needs to be, you know what I'm saying, as a as black trans people, but absolutely no, get the white people, give us our money, give us our things, give all of us our things, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think that was the focus, but that was one element within the trans community. That definitely was not like that's the only place, but within the LGBT community overall, that's what they said within the LGBT community, they ain't moving that money this way. Even what the article says, a lot of
2: times with with black trans male leaders they don't be them full they don't be their full authentic selves publicly especially when it comes to anything that could emasculate them like sexual variants and i i think that a lot of trans men aren't seen and aren't accepted as queer and are seen as too masculine to be queer is because a lot of the advocates a lot of the voices for the black trans man community they don't talk about sexuality you know it's a lot more common for black trans women to talk about their sexuality than it is for black trans men i think um i think that that's a real thing i also personally personal note i feel like it's part of it's my obligation to cape for black trans men not just because y'all are my brothers i want solidarity not just because y'all are my brothers but because potentially one of y'all are going to likely be my life partner right going to possibly be be my life partner right possibly be my child right so i i feel um like if i don't do the work to help my brothers be seen and heard then i'm just another chaser random question for y'all when when we close out do y'all think that it's possible? I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed trans man chaser, right? Do you think that it's possible? I was having this conversation with a with a trans man friend who claims to be a self-proclaimed trans woman chaser, right? Do y'all think that it's possible for trans people to, to truly
1: be chasers if, if they exclusively date each other? I feel like chasers are people who um, fetishize you. They're not looking for a relationship. They're looking for a sexual mm. experiment. Mm-hmm. so that's what i consider chasers but if you're just exclusively dating somebody you're actively trying to find um a healthy partnership with somebody i don't think that's chasing chasing to me is when you are i'm actively looking for a trans person to um satiate this appetite for me fetishizing this 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 to this dichotomy of
3: non-binary yeah that's what trans-
1: yeah so th- <laughs> and some people use it <laughs> yeah so this fetish this fetish that people have i think those are chasers i don't think that somebody who is actually looking for a healthy relationship sexual or um um, emotional or romantic if it's healthy and honest i don't think that those are chasers so even
2: so so you think with with me for example right now i'm not i'm not in a place to build a real I'm not in a place to really uh, be vulnerable enough to build emotional connection right now. Um, I would love to have, in in all honesty, for the full disclosure, I would love
1: to have a trans masculine fuck buddy. You know what I mean? I don't think that that's chasing. I I think if it's a healthy relationship between the two people and y'all both are enjoying y'all relationship, sexual relationship with each other. I don't think that that's chasing. I think that that is a healthy adult, honest conversation that is based in the sexual needs of two, two human beings. But it is when you are lying, (laughs) where you're not being honest about that. When you are, um, you know, being shady, we know what a chaser is when we, when they're doing these things just to get you in their bed, to have, to have that moment. That is when I think it's chasing. I don't think if you're, you and that person want to be each other's fuck buddy. I don't think that that's a problem. I think that that's two adults having a healthy sexual relationship. Got it, got it, love that. I like
2: the fact that, cause this is my first time meeting you, LJ. This is my first time seeing you speak. Um, I know me and Diamond, we tend to have similar views on a lot of stuff and contrast on other stuff, but it was, I, I think that, I think that it was a good rapport. I, I think that at some point we were all able to play devil's advocate Against each other's thoughts, and I think that 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 is great for many reasons. If for nothing else than to show that though we're
1: all black and trans, our perspective is not the same, or it's not. And even in like me and Jay, what what I like about our conversations is that I know Jay loves black trans women, and Jay knows that I love black trans women. We know that Absolutely. we. Our goal exactly. is to for liberation exactly. for us for us so if we're having a conversation it's just we're having a public conversation to um to open up that conversation so we can make our culture right so i i think that's also diamond
3: like a lot of it too some of the stuff like you said earlier this is some of the stuff you're hearing right and then i'm also hearing something different or like we talked about what happened uh and folks were like where are the black trans men and some of the people responded like what what happened <laughs> you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you
3: know what i mean right so it's like that you know that 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 helps too because it's like we can yeah like you said that like we kind of can help you as well Bree. We like you know just move those conversations forward um uh outside of beyond for some folks outside of your algorithm <laughs> <laughs> back, 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 back,
1: back, back. but yes can we talk about the the trans men who are doing the work that was in this group Some of the black trans men
3: uh, that are featured in the article are doing great work in the community, and they highlighted some of them. I'm just going to give them a quick shout out. Quinton, 31, is the executive director of Game Changing Men, which offers support groups for black trans masculine men on sexual and gender health mentorship for those who are incarcerated and intimate partner abuse intervention. Um, Then also my bad, my bad. and then Elijah Nichols is a 53-year-old veteran, and he founded the nonprofit 100 Black Trans Men, which provides mentorship and business leadership programs. And D. Mel Young, 36, also a veteran, is the founder and executive director of TSM, TMSM Connect, which advocates for trans and gender nonconforming people of color who are assigned female at birth particularly in areas of reproductive, sexual, and mental health. Uh, Part of his drive to build the group came from uh, the support he felt after he was arrested in 2019 by the NYPD um, and has filed a lawsuit because he describes being sexually assaulted by the NYPD police officer under the guise of performing a search in fear for his own life and safety while while in jail. uh, he talked about that just being a part of the experience of being a young black man in America, but it's not acknowledged or talked about enough within the wider, wider transgender community. Um, and so, so those are some of the folks uh, to that are highlighted. And again, like they, the main thing at the end they said, picturing what transmasculine leader, leadership looks like. Uh, one of the main points carried out uh, and was heard throughout the day was folks working to show up. Uh, as fully as their full selves, uh, while also making space for others. Let us know what you think at hashtag Marshall's Plate. Uh, are you somewhere? Are there organizations that you that we don't know about that you want to highlight? Hit us up, hashtag Marshall's Plate. Uh, let us know uh, what's going on in your community. Are there spaces? Like in Milwaukee, there definitely was more space with around black trans men and black trans women working together and, and learning from each other and being in a community with each other around the issues we were facing. Part of that is because a lot of us grew up together. Right. Because in that community. So like that makes a difference uh, depending on where you're at. Um, so let us know what's going on in your area around uh, black trans men. Um, and yeah, let us know. Hit us up. Hashtag Marshall's Play.
0: Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, give me, give me you the feeling and the high. y'all, so what has been bringing y'all
1: euphoria this <laughs> week? What is, you know, what's making happening?
3: So this week was bringing me euphoria is uh, I went to, you know, just some like pre-Black Pride events specifically Northwest Black Pride events that's bringing me a lot of euphoria. It's super gay. I love to be around Black people. I love to be around Black queer people. I love to be around Black trans people. Let me put that in order. I love to be around Black people. I love to be around Black trans people. I love to be around Black, people. Be around Black queer people. I love to be around Black people. And so um, so I'm excited. It's this weekend. Um, it will have already happened by the time you listen to this episode. And so I have euphoria for the events leading up to it, and I have euphoria for the events coming this weekend. And then also later uh, in the month will be Outkai Beach Pride, which is also connected with Pacific Northwest Black Pride and is like super Black and more like lesbian focused. So I'm super excited in Seattle where there's like two Black people that I'm about to have like two weekends of like black trans and queer fun. So that's my euphoria. I'm super excited.
2: Uh, my euphoria this week um is uh I'm pretty I'm pretty ashamed to say. It is it's because I'm dating as as I mentioned earlier, um I've just gotten to the point in in my heart life and in, in my romantic life where I am ready to start getting to know people to hopefully get to a point where I can get to know someone special and and build and build a connection, and I've also been doing a lot of work on myself, and with that I've been doing um I have some trauma regarding being romantic and being sexual with black men because of, because of some personal trauma It's something that I'm working through, and it's going great. honey, I'm telling you therapy works the euphoria in it. Is that therapy works constantly growing and in this process of growing, I have genuinely put myself in a place because I've done the work where I'm getting to know other Mm -hmm. black queer people. Um, not all with romantic intentions. Y'all know how it is when you date, and sometimes you know you might come across your best friend. But um, but yeah, it's it's been cool. I I love people and I'm glad that I'm back at a point where I'm ready to think about the potential of loving again.
1: Mm, I love that. That sounds beautiful. Oh gosh. So what's your for euphoria diamond? Oh, So I recently underwent the gastric sleeve surgery and the experience was oh, a, an amazing experience. It was scary. But it was an amazing experience. I kept it a secret from most people because um, I didn't want to have a conversation about it with people. I didn't want people asking me why or talking about fat phobia. I didn't want to, um, and and bringing in so many, some of the bullshit conversations that happen when somebody makes that kind of a big, major fucking decision. It is just something that I wanted to do and um, that I had thought about um, for health reasons and also vanity reasons. I I gotta be honest about both of those things. It was a major decision. So I didn't tell anybody until right before. Like even Jay, (laughs) I I, I just kept (laughs) it a secret from every (laughs) close friends. Like all of my close friends didn't know until I was already day before about to. Well, only person who knew before was my brother, of course, you know, my my, my little brother, yeah. uh, my, my blood brother. Um, I wanted to make sure if anything went wrong, you know, things were taken care of and in yeah, order yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. to let him know. But even him, I didn't let him know until I was actually headed to the doctor. Like, he didn't know that. So then everybody else, I kind of just sent he did, pictures. He didn't
3: know what the surgery was for? He just knew you were having surgery kind of thing? No, not
1: until the night before. <laughs> Oh shit. No, okay. no, Not not even not, not even night before the day of when I'm when I'm going to the hospital. Oh wow. So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I just didn't want I just didn't want to want the conversation. I didn't want the conversation. I didn't want um until after it was done. Totally open to the conversation now. <laughs> totally because it's all done. It's all over <laughs> with, everything's good, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh, totally uh-huh. open to the conversation now. So if you are a close friend not I'm not talking to strangers, <laughs> but if you are my friend, if, if you, and my friend being we have each other's number. <laughs> <laughs> if you have my number, yes, you can call me, you can um, text me, and ask me questions if you just have questions about my experience. Yeah, um, I don't mind that people if you don't have my number, I don't consider you my friend. <laughs> so if you don't have my number. That's not what it is. Don't
3: put no post on Diamond Page I'm
1: Yeah, don't do, not do that. Slide that in my DMs and get to ask me questions about my body, and my surgery. They're
2: going to be in they're going to be in your comments sounding like Miss Cleo. Send me the number.
1: <laughs> so no, I, I that's not the tea. So if you are a close friend, you have my number, you can text me. I don't mind. I'm open. I'm an open book. Ask me all the questions that you want to have um that you that you have. I don't mind that. But that, the, the goodness of that going well, because I was kind of nervous and fearful because it is a surgery, major surgery, da, 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 da. But because it went so beautifully and well, and I was well taken care of and everything did right. Um, and I'm not in any kind of discomfort. I have little, um, my little scars on my abdomen are, are leaking into the gauze. <laughs> but other than that, I am. I am healing just fine. I am. I'm feeling great, and it's. It's just. Um. It's just going. You look.
3: You look happy. You look good. You look glowy. Okay. I'm glowing because
1: you you can't. Oh, you can only fucking eat healthy shit. (laughs) 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 Your first couple of weeks, you can only eat liquid stuff like. um, Oh wow. Like um, like um, you know, water of course, broth, not even soup with anything in it, broth, my Bra, um, juices, um, anything that's clear—like you can't have chunks, I mean, you can't be solid food at all. It has to be liquid. That's so, like the
3: damn uh, colonoscopy.
1: Yes, it's very that. It's yes, very that. Dang. It is very <laughs> okay. that. But you got to do it for a long period of time. And honey, baby, your skin wow. be glowing because you ain't doing nothing but eat healthy shit. <laughs> and that's why my skin is so clear. I ain't got a lick of makeup on, and it's no wow. blemishes, no nothing. <laughs> So are you, it, are you? It's lovely. Oh, sorry, my bad.
3: Go ahead. Are you? Um. So, are you doing a lot of juices or like smoothies or? Can you, you can do, do s-
1: smoothies. Yes, you can do smoothies, much? but you want to keep it really clear at first. But then, so t- you do that for like two weeks, and then two weeks after that, you do. You can go to smoothies. So I'm not at smoothies yet. Uh-huh. I'm, it has to be clear, oh, clear like stuff that. right now. You got to work your way up. To you got to work your way up to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it feels it feels really normal. It just feels like so. Say, it feels like this. Say your stomach. You used to have this, like this big jug, and you can eat a big burger. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But now it feels like. Oh, shit. <laughs> now yeah. it feels like this.
3: Well, for folks who can't see us, that first bottle was what huge, Ooh, was
1: like, a, like a juice like bottle, a,
3: or something, uh, like a regular, yeah, orange juice or like bottle? a quart. And now the other bottle looked like a, a little paint. tiny. Uh... <laughs> <is> a <laughs> okay. Yeah, if
1: you just get full really, really fast. So, you know, like if you drink one, like say you drinking a can of, you can't drink carbonated drinks at all. But until later, um, but say that I'm just trying to give y'all a mentality of how it works. You know how like when you're eating a meal, like say you got a burger, fries, da da da, da, da. You can eat that whole meal and drink some drink, and you feel full. This is you it doesn't work like that. If you drink that uh. drink, baby, that, that drink is gonna take half of half of the space that you got in your stomach. <laughs> so you're oh, only man. gonna be able to take a couple of bites of that sandwich, a couple of bites of that fry, and a couple and of sweets, you, and you're full. You're you feel full, like, oh my God, I'm done. Also, because the the stomach, the it's called it's a g word, is gri- or briatin, something. It's a g word. Look it up. Google the the, the um, hunger hormone the where that hormone gets released is in your stomach and because they are cutting it off yeah you don't feel they can't cut all of them off but because they're cutting a lot of them off you don't feel hungry so it's not like oh my god i have a small stomach and i'm having these feelings of hunger baby i do not be feeling hungry at wow. all wow. it doesn't it, my appetite is super super curved and yeah it's 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 it just has been a dope experience and i'm excited um to be on this journey and i'm excited yeah so that's that's what's been bringing me euphoria and that's what i was talking about last week when i said i would have something big coming that was that's what you're
3: glowing
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so all right y'all tell us what has been bringing y'all euphoria um hashtag Marches play and we will see y'all next week all right y'all all
0: All right y'all peace y'all That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Yeah? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, that be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Every Every little little